coming to you live from the Interaction Media Studio in Morgantown. Welcome to the Positively West Virginia podcast. I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Today we have a special episode for you guys. We're visiting with Brendan Fenn. He's the owner of Grindstone Coffeeology in Huntington, West Virginia. Brendan, thanks for being on the show today, ma'am. My pleasure, Jim. Great yeah, to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Brendan and I first met on our PWV Business Mastermind a few weeks ago, and we featured the city of Huntington and all the business and entrepreneurial opportunities currently available in that great city. And we just thought it would be great to have him back on the show to really tell his full story. Uh, again, Brendan, it's great to have you with us, and I'm looking forward to learning about your entrepreneurial story. Brendan Fenn and his wife, Helen, and their three kids moved to the United States from Australia in August of 2015 as part of his previous occupation in architecture and project management. It didn't take Brendan long to see the business opportunities here in West Virginia and to finally follow his family's dream in launching their own coffee company. Brendan started his business in early 2016 with a coffee truck named Bonnie. And we're going to learn more about that, I'm sure. In 2018, Brendan and his family purchased their first drive through location in Huntington. And in 2021, they launched their second location inside the Huntington Mall. We invited Brendan on the show today to talk about Grindstone Coffeeology, to share their story and to talk about the business he leads right here in West Virginia. Brendan, again, thanks for being on the show with us today. Take a minute and tell us a little bit about Grindstone Coffeeology, your business. Yeah, well, um, like you just mentioned, Grindstone launched in 2016 um, with a fairly small capital outlay. I think we put put out a total somewhere between twenty-five dollars to $30,000, which included the purchase of an old um, step van, which are common, you'll commonly see as food trucks. Um, and we called her Bonnie. Um, and uh, it was a great way for us just to dip our toe in the water um, and start, start a company like this. We weren't roasting our own beans. We had a roaster that was uh, roasting for us. They were based in Lexington, Kentucky, and they were serving us their product for a few years. And we were able to use that as, our, um, as the main base for our coffee, our coffee business. And it, it really was just an exercise in building a brand um for those those early years that's what it was all about it's mm. like I, I wish i could tell you we were you know raking in the the cash and living large but that was far from the truth you know we were literally spending those first two to three years building our brand and learning how to navigate those kinds of waters um so it's it's something that's evolved organically and uh it's been a one lesson after the next yeah and just learning what to do what not to do and how how to go about doing that from scratch absolutely and we're going to dive deeper into that here here in just a few minutes i gotta ask you how did you come up with the name bonnie for a coffee truck <laughs> uh, it was it was really i don't know if uh there was um if there's any any opportunity for you to get some um, graphics off our social media page of the old truck but um, we just felt that it was important for people to be able to connect with what was the main, uh, I guess, delivery vehicle of our business in yeah. that sense that, um, and so to name it was just a natural thing. That's cool. Um, 
yeah, it, when we when we eventually purchased our own uh, roaster, we named it Clyde, and that's sitting behind me here. <laughs> so you so. got you got Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. Well, yeah, that's, that's how that generates. That's awesome. That's, that's cool. Thanks for that backstory. You know, Brendan, I got to ask you, like, what inspired you to get into the line of work that you're doing? In other words, what, what made you say, Hey, we want to, we want to have a family coffee business. Yeah. Well, um, my wife and I had always carried out a lot of our professional lives in cafes. You know, we have a strong, uh, like for a good cup of coffee, um, espresso-based lattes, flat whites, um, things like that. And the coffee culture in Australia, where we're from, was quite significant. It plays a large role in community. And uh, so, and and as far as it was a, a place for work to happen, so it wasn't uncommon for our family financial budget to involve a. Uh, a certain sum of money to be spent on consuming that product every day, multiple times a day. It was your uh, line item in your family budget. Absolutely it was. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, you'll see a lot of people when they talk about marketing, Oh, you can do this for the price of a cup of coffee. You know, it's like, what you're asking me to take out of my life is not worth the sacrifice. um, It's a good point. From that perspective, it was such a significant part of our lives. And um, my wife had worked as a barista, you know, when she was finishing up in college. And um, we just, it was the kind of thing that evolved into our, our family life. We had an espresso machine on our kitchen counter. You know, nice. it was just a huge part of, um, of everything we did. When people would come over, we'd be making them lattes, you know, as part of serving our guests, that kind of thing. So um, it was something that was grossly out of reach in the Australian market, though, financially um, for us. Uh, we, I mean, we were both working good jobs, but mm. the cost of launching an operation like that in a market that was so saturated was, um, was something that was beyond attaining in, for the time of life that we're in. Like the capital outlay yeah. to launch something like that, you're looking at half a million dollars as a starting but you come to West Virginia and for yeah. you know, 25,000 or so you, you buy Bonnie and you start, you start this business that, I mean, there's, yeah. you, what about West Virginia? Uh, and the, uh, did you see that led you to say, wow, there's opportunities here. Oh, well, it was just the sheer absence of, um, local, a locally owned yeah. coffee company. Yeah. Um, there were people that were, you know, skirting around the edges of, of what it is, what we saw as a possibility. Mm. Um, you had, you know, the big players in Starbucks and everything. And, um, but then you've got this whole slice of the community that are living in this post Starbucks world, you know, where they've graduated on from identifying that as something that they want to have as a regular part of their lives. I mean, Mm. Starbucks have been instrumental in, um, changing the coffee culture here in the U.S. Sure. and to a, to a larger part globally, yeah. but they haven't been able to function as a company in Australia. Like you know, in 2008, they they closed down 95 stores in Australia. They just couldn't compete wow. with the local market. Um, yeah. So there's there was this element of the community that were looking for something beyond what they were providing. Yeah, and we saw that as an opportunity for us. You know, even if it is just in a coffee truck that was operating seven days a week and someone could jump on social media, find out where we were, chase us down and purchase <laughs> what we were selling. 
well, there was a market for that. And yeah, like cool. I said to you in the intro, it was really just those early years were just a part of us building our brand. Yeah. Um, that's cool. That's Brandon, we view that. talk a little bit about, um, you know, your specific products and offerings. In other words, are you selling bulk coffee, you know, to go uh, bags, uh, coffee? I mean, talk a little bit about your, what, you know, your products and what you're best known for. Yeah. Well, um, there's, there's two arms to our business, two elements to what we do. Mm -hmm. um, the first is, you know, what we sell every day. We have people coming through our drive through We have people coming into the store in the mall um, getting a flat white. You know, that's an Australian take on a latte. Um, it's quite popular. Describe um, it. Describe that drink for Describe us. it. Okay, so it's um, a small flat white. It's two shots of espresso. Um, and the milk is steamed different to how you would steam milk for a latte. And the, the term in, in barista language, the term microfoam is flung around a lot. And it's really just providing that silky texture to the milk. Yeah. So it's not just hot milk with a layer of bubbles on top. It's, it's something that is the, the milk is texturized. So if you were to consider that you would pour milk into a, into a, a pot and put it, heat it on a stove, well, it's just going to warm the milk. Whereas steaming the milk with a microphone is a totally different process. Mm. And when you pour that into those shots of espresso and there's not the head of foam on top, but the foam is throughout the entire drink. Wow. That is that is the essence of a true flat white, um, and it's a level of crafting that uh, perhaps isn't taught in a lot of the brand name coffee establishments. Yeah, um, and it's something that that's we good. teach our staff to do so they can deliver that product. That and that's the day to day things that people come in and buy. But I mentioned earlier that we were getting our coffee roasted by a group in Lexington. Well. There came a day in their lives where the the roaster was uh, in a pre his previous occupation was winemaking and he wanted to go back into winemaking. They got a job in California, so he sold us Clyde. Yeah, and we started roasting our own our own beans, and uh, that has developed into a business where we supply wholesale beans to you know social groups, churches, even other cafes that are cropping up in the tri-state area where we're roasting beans for them. Wow. And, but the biggest arm of that business are just our one pound bags of, of coffee that we do roast. And I'm having a lot of fun with that at the moment. We, we get our beans from three South American countries. We, we've got Guatemalan, Brazil, and Colombian. And out of those three, we make our blend, which is what we serve in our cafes. But, Lately, I drove down to uh, Lex, uh, sorry, Louisville, and brought back four bourbon barrels with me, and that have just been emptied. And so the uh, the aroma of bourbon is quite strong in these barrels. And I put uh, 190 pounds of Colombian beans in these barrels, and I aged them for two months before mm. roasting. Mm. And so you end up with this bourbon barrel Colombian bean, and the flavour and the aroma is just absolutely phenomenal and we we can't we can't uh roast that quickly enough so do you do you roast the beans and then put them in the in the barrel or you put the no, green, we, green we, beans we age the we age the green beans in the barrel wow that's and so cool. the beans are roasted fresh and sold fresh yeah. but the beans are soaking in the bourbon not in liquid bourbon but in the fumes of the bourbon that's still emanating out of this this barrel 
And so they just bring in all of that uh, flavor and aroma. Yeah. And uh, then when you roast it and uh, it's, you know, our, our product is, is roasted twice a week and it is literally bagged that day and it's available for purchase the that, next day. So. That, that's something that the big chain coffee st- shops are not doing. I guarantee it. So. They cannot compete with that. I love it. I yeah, love the micro batch roasting. Yeah, micro batch uh, roasting. So that's what yeah. we do. That's cool. And, and we, have, uh, you know, we have those products available on our website. Brendan, what's your 30-second pitch for Grindstone? In other words, what is it you tell people you do in 30 seconds? We roast specialty coffee and we serve it every day. Uh, the, 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 the key thing that we do is want, we want people to rediscover coffee, and that's one of our hashtags, hashtag rediscover coffee. We want people to discover what is supposed to taste like rather yeah. than what they've been told it should taste like. Wow. And so that's a, that's a key part of what we do every day, day in, day out, is getting the people that we encounter in our world to rediscover coffee. That's awesome. Brendan, what would you say is the thing that you're most excited about for Grindstone right now? Well, uh, Clyde's about to get a big brother. Um, (laughs) Clyde is a six kilo geeson. So uh, that's like, um, to talk in Imperial, that's a 14 pound batch, six kilogram batch that we we would roast in. and the Giessen roasters are seen as pretty much the Rolls Royce of coffee roasters. And uh, to say that we are brand loyal would be an understatement because of the quality that they produce. So um, Clyde here is a six kilo roaster. Well, we're, we're upgrading to a 15 kilo roaster. That's, that's great. And uh, Clyde is finding a new home um, with a roaster in Kentucky. And um, so we'll be uh, saying goodbye to him, but the new roaster will be a game changer for us in terms of um, us being able to maintain what we would see mm. is a micro batch roast yeah. um, to keep an eye on the quality of that. But that's a significant investment. We'll, there'll be you know, a couple dollars change out of $55,000 once we pay import duty and all the rest. Yeah. So. It's been a, a big investment for us, but we see it as worthwhile going into how we want to grow the business Excellent. Um, in the yeah. retail and wholesale arm. Well, that's that, that's a lot to be excited about for, for certain. Brendan, uh, how many, uh, well, first of all, how, what's the geogra- ge- geographic area that you serve? In other words, where do your customers come from? Are they primarily in Huntington? Is it the, you know that Huntington, Charleston quarter? Talk, talk a little bit about your customer base. Yeah, um, well, it's it's obviously with us opening up a location inside the Huntington Mall, our geographic reach has increased significantly because sure. that is not a that's not seen as a town mall. That's a regional mall, so right. people are driving. Um, you know, in some cases, 30, 40, 50 minutes to, to go to that establishment. So we, they then discover who we are, what we do. Um, and even if it's not that they're dropping in every day to get a latte, they discover our roasting arm of our business and they discover that they can order that product online, that we can ship that out to them. Um, but in terms of um, the daily reach that we have with customers, you would be surprised how mm. far people are prepared to drive That's great. for a decent latte. Right. Um, we have people drive down from Ashland, um, Catlettsburg, uh, you know, areas of, you know, into South Point, Southern Ohio. 
Wow. Um, from Wayne County. Well, it sounds um, like you guys are doing it right, and that that's a draw for people, right? They're they're willing to to go get yeah you know drive and 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 experience the the wonderful uh coffee drinks that you guys are doing and the coffee uh roast that you're providing how many how many employees do you have on your team we have 24 employees that's excellent providing jobs and opportunity for people too that's that's super cool brendan what's the what's the one thing that makes you the most proud since you've been in business probably um I would, I would have to say the way that our communities embraced us and what we do. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's a uh, uh, any kind of fear or reticence that someone who's thinking about launching their own business is like, well, how am I going to get received? How, are, how is what we do <laughs> going to be received? Right. And uh, <laughs> that's probably uh, can be a fairly big stumbling block for a lot of people beyond, say, Oh, okay. Oh, I couldn't raise the capital, or I couldn't do this. But how is my product going to be received? Um, and so, the way that we have been able to uh, develop and expand what I would see as a very loyal customer base yeah. has um, been a sense of pride for yeah, us. That's that awesome. These people will not only, you know, some of them won't only just drive. 30 minutes to try you, but they'll do it again to be a repeat customer and loyal customer. Yeah. On the flip side of that, what's one thing you, you wish you could do over? Tell us that story. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> well, yeah, how much time we got? Um, the, uh, the, the one thing that was probably one of the biggest things for us, it, it's, it's a two edged sword because Bonnie was great. Um, from, a low capital investment for us to get started and start building that brand. But it wasn't until we were able to get our own place um, and people, even even if we were to have a place that didn't have a drive-through, but having that fixed location where people say, okay, yeah, they're open from 6.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. every day. I know where they're going to be. We easily underestimated... um, I guess the negative impact of being in a truck. Um, you could say that was great because we were able to take it to events, we were able to do this, do that. But it wasn't until we opened our first fixed location that, and our income jumped in that sense. It's like, well, why didn't we do this earlier? Yeah. yeah. Um, and we probably could have done that 12 to 24 months before we did. Yeah. That's, and that's and you know, it's like. Uh, it's one of those things that, that we could have gone either way. We could have done it too early and failed. It could have caused us to fail. You don't know what you don't know in that regard. So. Exactly. Well, it, it, you know, it, it was a, it, an ability for you to, an, or an opportunity for you to take a leap after, yeah. after you've taken the step, right? You didn't have to jump all in. You you kind of, no. you stepped into it as opposed to leaped into it. And I think that's, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good wisdom right there. And I think, uh, thank you for sharing that. I want to take a, a second to mention our sponsors, Brendan for positively West Virginia, this uh, podcast that we do each week, the state journal, wvnews.com and interaction media, the support we receive from these West Virginia companies allow us to highlight the incredible things happening in business throughout the great state of West Virginia. Our guest once again today is Brendan Fenn. He's the owner of Grindstone Coffeeology in Huntington, West Virginia. Brendan, I want to get right back into it. How do you attract new customers? Oh, yeah. Well, we, um, 
we've done a bit of we've dipped our toe in different kinds of advertising last year we did a tv commercial um which was great um it was professionally produced and uh yeah it, it's been kind of hard to gauge the impact that that would have but you've just got to you know those kinds of marketing campaigns that you go on you've just got to have the faith that they're working in some way shape or form um mm. uh, we uh get a lot of new business from word of mouth um of people coming through town like uh, i-64 runs you know right around huntington and it's not uncommon for us to be the first point of call for people traveling through um, they just Google coffee and we're, we're there, you know. So you yeah. see a lot of new people that way. And it's not uncommon for them to become ongoing customers through buying our, mm. our coffee beans um, through, the, through our webpage once they get to where they're going. Yeah. Um, so, so that's good in, in that sense of if we weren't, if we didn't have that kind of e-commerce part to our business, they are people that we would never see again until they're either on their return leg or they're coming around this way again. So yeah, that's, that's cool. been a good way for, to get new customers like that. Um, yeah, word of mouth. And uh, we do a bit of radio. We do a lot of social media. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've later this year, we're doing our second TV commercial. That's great. Brendan, right now, in terms of growing your business, what's the highest level of challenge you're facing? Uh, probably the we want more drive-throughs we would like to uh i mean we're in the western corner of of this state and we would like to head due east um with an expansion plan um yeah. down 64. um i guess uh one of the 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 biggest things is that capital outlay of finding land to that's in a high traffic zone to yeah. to build the drive-through on. Um, cool. There's been some opportunities that um, presented themselves, but uh, you know, then one thing or another, you know, it gets taken away. You know, that someone else will come in and buy the block out from under you. Like, and typically, the thing that's hurt the most is that they've been bought up by chains. You know, there's we had our eye on one block in on Route 60 in the city of Barbersville, and a uh, a chain oil change place came in and bought it up and built built on it instead. And what, what's the head scratch in that moment is that there's another chain oil change three doors down, you know, and it's like, <laughs> well, what are we doing here, people? You know, and there isn't drive-through coffee for, you know, five miles. So, wow. you know, and being the closest Starbucks. So it, it really, those opportunities where you, you think you found the right place to expand um, and then it gets taken away. For me personally, um, I would say that one of the frustrations has been that I didn't grow up here, that yeah. I don't have yeah. that. Um, I hate to use this term and, and publicize it, but that boys club network that mm -hmm. unfortunately is still at play here mm -hmm. in the state. You know, there's, there's that network of existing business owners that, you know, went to college together, the families know each other and they look after each other. And breaking into that, and I don't want to put in too much of a negative spin, but that has been a real point of frustration for well, us. That, it, that it, it's almost like you know being from a different country, coming here, uh, 
becoming part of our West Virginia culture. It was a, on one hand, it was a blessing, but on a, on the other hand, it was a curse. You bring this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So you have these yeah. opportunities, but then you got these yeah. stumbling blocks, and I think it's probably like that in just about any any kind of situation. But I like your attitude on that, and I feel like you've got a you've got a good grip on it, and there's no doubt that you're going to make those things happen in terms of your long term vision. What's one thing specifically you'd like to accomplish before this year's over? 2022. Well, we. Uh... We've got to uh, get our um, a new road, a new roaster located in our new space. Yeah, so that needs great. to be built out. Um, yeah. So there's that. Um, but as far as the room that I'm sitting in now and the rest of the space that um, is around this particular room will become our restaurant slash bistro. Um, so yeah. we'll be building a new commercial kitchen and seating area, and that will actually um bring us in a different direction from just being grab and go type of coffee but to i mean and we do have a seating area where people can come and go but there's that arm of the real coffee house culture where someone can come in and they can experience coffee from different parts corners of the globe like a turkish coffee or a you know which is a totally different way of manufacturing a cup of coffee if you've ever seen someone with those little micro uh, uh, Turkish coffee pots on a stovetop, and it's you know it's it's almost to the point where the spoon will stand up in it. It's so strong and thick. Yeah. Um, Cuban coffees is another another element to that. Cool. Um, and more coffee traditional coffee house presentations. That's there's an opportunity for us to do that. Yeah, I want to. I'm a big student of leadership, and I always like to talk with business leaders like yourself and ask the question. What are the most important attributes of a successful leader right now in, in today's society? What do you think that is? Uh, resilience, tenacity. Um, there's there's been a lot of obstacles thrown up in business, running, mm. owning, and running a business. If the the last few years of the pandemic has taught us uh, anything, is that you you have to be resilient you have to get up the next day and face that new challenge that is undoubtedly going to come your way and people that have the ability to uh see what is happening and adapt to those issues um will succeed because on the other side of that happening there is a whole bunch of people that won't um be it like the the opportunity for us to go into the Huntington Mall is because Starbucks were in a position there and they made a national decision that they didn't want to operate inside malls anymore. And this was not a mall that's failing by any means. It's a very successful Mm. regional mall. Um, But the decision they made in one corner of the country impacted every mall, Starbucks mall location all over the country. And so what someone saw as a, an issue and a roadblock, and they said, we're done. We're, we're pulling out of malls. Yeah, we're out of we're here. Done. Yeah. It, it created an opportunity for us to expand. And it's very much a leap of faith um, for us because it's a whole other market that don't know who we are. They haven't encountered us yet. And uh, from, from being able to be put in those situations where you can make those decisions and mm. just had the courage to go through with it is 
because sometimes I, I have no doubt that I'm going to make a decision in the future that will be a stumbling block. Absolutely. You know? um, Absolutely. But you've just got to get up, dust yourself off and give it another crack. That's great stuff. Brendan, one of the, one of the reasons we started this podcast was to not only uh, expose people uh, or throughout West Virginia to companies just like you, the one that you started in Huntington, but it's also an opportunity for us to inspire and equip and uh, maybe even encourage young people to start a business. Yeah. What's one piece of advice you would give to new business owners and entrepreneurs here in West Virginia? Uh, be passionate about what you do. I, when we met uh, a month ago and we were talking, you asked a similar question. My, my first response was, well, don't buy a franchise. <laughs> um, there's, there's one thing I, I'm, I like to be, I would like to consider myself a uh, semi you know, decent student of history and yeah. uh, learning cool. about the culture when we moved to West Virginia, about the history of um, people from out of state buying mineral rights to land and, yeah. and taking the wealth out of this state and that enriching other companies in other states. Um, that's obviously a something that West Virginians I've learned are very reticent about. So mm. if someone's coming in like myself and they're saying, okay, well, we're starting a business. It's like, well, where's the money going? Well, I can guarantee you the money's staying here in West Virginia. Yeah, that's great. We live here. We've relocated here. Yeah. But um, my biggest issue with uh, someone starting out um, and saying, oh, well, I'm going to buy a franchise. Well, what you are inadvertently doing is going back to that model of the wealth leaving yeah. the state. Yeah. And, and that to me is a sad situation um, because if you're not passionate and you don't have that knowledge base of what it is you want to run, the business you want to run, mm. a franchise is not going to help you in that. Yeah. Um, all they're going to do is take the cream off the top of your hard earned and uh, you can't get that back. Yeah. And it's an expensive lesson. And if I could have a student come before me or someone come and say, ask for advice and say, look, I'm, I'm looking to do this. I'm looking to start that. It's yeah. like, well, learn everything you can about that business and be an expert in that field before you start. And you're not going to get everything right, but at least you're not going to be paying an expensive lesson for an expensive lesson. Absolutely. Brendan, what's your morning ritual look like? <laughs> Two flat whites. <laughs> I, I was kind of an easy, that was a softball. Back to right? back. Yeah. Look, uh, there's, there are elements here that allow me to occasionally get a sleep in other, like the last few mornings we've had some, um, there's, there's a, uh, a group in from out of town and they're providing coffee. They're, they're, um, running people through a seminar this week and they're providing coffee for 30 to 40 attendees. And so we're, we're supplying them with coffee bright and early. So this morning, it's just a matter of being up and about to make sure that's happening and uh, that customer is getting served. But typically, I mean, as I mentioned, we've got, it's, it's I think, yeah, 20, 23, 24 staff now, and yeah. they're good people. They are very good people, and they do al allow me a bit of latitude to uh throughout my daily ritual to uh focus my attention on ways of growing our business they take care of the a to z and uh it allows me to to focus my attention on well how are we going to grow what's the next chapter for us as grindstone that's great. and uh 
it's just making sure those things are running smoothly. Obviously, nothing is perfect in that. And, uh, you know, you're dealing with human dynamics, relationships, interpersonal relationships in a workplace. But, but the key is the key side. is the key is starting with two flat whites, though, and you can do all things well, you know, with two flat whites. <laughs> Behind the the every morning. successful person <laughs> is a significant amount of coffee. That's that's, that's great. Uh, hey, I'm going to yeah. quote you on that. That's that's great, Brendan. Yeah. You've been operating uh, Grindstone Coffeeology since 2016. Uh, yeah. You know, I think you, you have you have three children in your business. What do you want to pass on as your legacy to future generations? What's what's that look like? Yeah, the <sighs> legacies like that, uh, if it lasts beyond the next generation, something's been done right. Mm. If it lasts beyond two generations, something's been done really well. Yeah. Um, if it's ongoing, companies that, you know, reach that 70, 80, 90 years of existence, um, obviously mm. some key factors that built that success have been instilled into the next generation. Mm. Um, for my three kids, my eldest is 20 and she is instrumental in what we do here. She's um, been learning how to roast with me. She finished high school and she hasn't gone to college. She's just come straight into the business. Mm. Now she has every desire to go into future learning down mm. the track, but That's great. Um, one of the things that was key for me, um, is her knowing what it is she actually wants to learn when she goes into that arena of tertiary education, college education. So yeah, um, she's learning from the, the school of life at the moment in, in our business. My youngest is 16. Um, he doesn't know what he wants to do. You know what I mean? He just yeah, got his sure. driver's license. Sure. And life is still working out for him. But, yeah. you know, for, if they want to be a part of this business, obviously we want to do everything we can to provide a role for them. But it's that same old adage, you've got to start at the bottom. You can't come in mm. as a blood relative link and think you can just run the place yeah. if you don't know. That's a, uh, that's a recipe for failure. Right there it is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> speaking, speaking of recipes, you guys are in the food and beverage industry as a coffee shop. Yeah. What, are, what are your strategies, Brendan, for dealing with criticism? How do you deal with that? Yeah, that's a cracker. Um, the, uh, the old five-star versus one-star review on social media, you know, they can be crippling. Yeah. Um, and they can cripple your self-esteem because I'd be lying – if I didn't say that when someone gives our, our business a good review, well, that's a sense of achievement. It's a sense of, okay, we have not only a satisfied customer, but someone that's gone out of their way to tell others about that. Yeah. A raving um, fan. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the old one-star review that if someone rates our business poorly and they haven't taken the time to contact us, and and tell us about their experience that uh that's frustrating that that has no end of frustration i, I say all the time that i believe um my my perspective on where council culture was birthed the council culture was birthed in yelp yelp reviews it's like when someone goes <laughs> that's out a good has theory a bad i like meal. that yeah that's true yeah, yeah someone someone goes out has a bad meal they have a bad encounter something <clears throat> whatever goes wrong with their their um, interaction with that business and they set out to, well, I'm going to close this place down. Yeah. 
And it's like, you know, if that's your perspective um, in reviewing a company and that mm. you, you are looking to um, destroy someone's livelihood or bankrupt someone's livelihood over one mm. unfortunate encounter that may have just go beyond anyone's ability to foresee. It's like if I have a, if I had a staff member that was just having the most horrendous of days and mm. they, they give one of our customers a bad experience. Well, obviously that's not something that we set out to do. Sure. Um, and that's why when someone um, might, for whatever reason, they get handed the wrong drink and they, they jump online and they say stuff and it's mm. like, well, it's like, well, this is a, a, a single point in time that you've interacted with us as a business. Exactly. And you're judging us for a single moment in time and a single error that was made by an employee that, you know, we, we would like to think we pay our employees well. You know, trainees with our business started $11 an hour. And once, the, once they've been tipped, they could be earning, you know, between $14 to $16 an hour, which yeah. is a pretty, good, a pretty good wage for, you know, a student, a college student Absolutely. here in West Virginia. Um, but if they're having a bad day, if they're having a bad day and they hand the wrong drink out to a customer and that customer then tries to say, well, these people don't know what they're doing. They, Mm. you know, and it's like, well, where's the perspective in that? So that's why if someone reaches out to us, um, I can tell you, they, they get a very different response from us as a business. If they reach out to us yes, first, rather exactly. if they just go go full bore online. Exactly, um, and I appreciate that insight. You're you're an insightful guy. You're very you you have a lot of wisdom in the words that you speak. What's one book or even a podcast that you'd recommend <laughs> for aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners? Yeah, I confessed. Uh, I confess to your assistant that I don't read anywhere near as much as I should. <laughs> That's okay. Well, who do you look for? Yeah. Who do you look for to, for inspiration or even mentorship? We have um, there's one of our customers, um, and in this business, you get to meet a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and there are other business owners in this region that come in, but there's there's one one man that comes in almost daily. He runs a local funeral home. And uh, he has more impact on my life than I think he realizes. Really? You know what I mean? Just yeah. that the wisdom, because his business he inherited from his father, who inherited it from his father, and that, that goes back to what I was talking legacy. about. Legacy, yeah, yeah, a legacy, absolutely. And so his son is taking it on. So they're they're hitting their fourth generation in business, wow. and obviously they're not about to go out of business anytime soon. You know, people. People drink coffee, they pay their taxes, and they die. You know I hear, I, mean? I hear, so, I hear. People are dying to get in there. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, there are, there are. I prefer to get my insight from people that mm. are standing in front of me. Yeah, um, that's great. And there's, there's. I guess I have a healthy amount of skepticism and cynicism toward um, people that just throw a few ideas down on paper and get a publisher and you know all of it all of a sudden they're a new york times bestseller and it's like but what's the value in what they're saying sure. is, is this someone that's just lucked upon a book deal um where's the proof whereas if i can interrogate mm. an individual standing in front of me and sure. say well what did you do in this situation how did yeah. you approach that situation uh-huh. and you get that feedback and yeah. i i guess you can't underestimate the value of finding that in the flesh mentor. 
yeah. where you can ask the real questions and you can read their responses. You can see the look of shock on their face. So you can, <laughs> you can see the snicker when you ask a stupid question, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the smirk on their face that That's just comes stuff. across, you know, those kinds of things, you, uh, they can't be found in a book. And yeah, there's always someone with the latest and greatest methodology in the, in, in might be a podcast or an authorship, but, Look, the the best advice I ever have ever been given, and the the biggest piece of wisdom that I could ever impart to my kids is to live with with live with courage and live with authenticity. Yeah. Um, because those two things I see as the backbone to success. Um, that you have the ability to make courageous decisions. You have the ability to um, even even in the world that we're living in now, where there are people that are trying to get businesses and companies to join their political opinion um, or corner of the world, um, and I don't look. I don't. We we don't allow that in our business. We don't. I say to all prospective staff members, this this business is not an activist business. This is not a soapbox for you to. Um, you know, press your particular point of view that you are passionate about. And that that could be seen as unfair or naive, but I see it as something that is very important in this world because mm -hmm. we've gotten so polarized. There isn't a place anymore for people of all, from all walks of life to come together and talk about ideas. Mm -hmm. And if we were to close the door to half the other half of the country, well, we're stopping that discourse from happening. Yeah. Um, if we were to put people off. So now if someone were to go to war against us, well, I would like to think that um, we would have the courage to say, no, we're taking a stand on this and mm. we're, we're keeping our doors open to all people of all opinions. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, not closing ourselves off. Well, Brendan, yeah, I appreciate that. That you, you, that is very uh, great insight, especially from somebody who was not born here in West Virginia, not even born in the United States of America. You know, I think that is a great perspective, and I really appreciate you sharing that with us. You know, uh, Brendan, we've been doing this show uh, since 2017, 300 plus episodes, and and I always enjoy these kinds of conversations. And and I I just want to say I think you're a real treasure to have there in Huntington. And I can't wait for you to sure. to open up a, a location here in Morgantown someday. You mentioned going east, but I want you I want to see you come north too. Yeah, so, yeah. So that'd be great. We've covered a lot in this interview. Is there anything else you think our listeners should know about your story? Oh gosh, yeah. Well, we are we are we're here to stay. Um, we're going through. We've been in the country as our status as being non-immigrant, um, you know, an alien non-immigrant is what we get labeled. Yeah. Uh, we're going through our green card process and uh, that's been a journey in itself. It's um, not certainly something that has been an easy road, but it's, uh, this is home for us now. That's and uh, we have been learning a lot along the way, but I, I think it's, it's, that's definitely been a two way street. We've, we've been able to bring, I think a, a perspective into the people that we meet that yeah. goes beyond there's no doubt uh, what people have grown up experiencing here in west virginia even if that's from um the point of view where you hear a lot of people saying oh when i grow up i can't wait to leave and it's yeah, like exactly. yeah okay 
go go learn that lesson but you'll come back <laughs> yeah. and you'll come back hopefully with a better appreciation of the the yeah. wealth of opportunity that that's exists right. here because that's right. uh we're no exception to the rule i don't believe that what we've been able to achieve with grindstone is a fluke yeah. um it's been a result of seeing an opportunity and just applying a lot of work to it and yeah going in with a, the, a level of passion that says, well, okay, we're just going to see this through. Yeah, and it's good stuff. And as I, we close out our, that's, yeah. Brent, as we close out our time here, how can our listeners learn more about Grindstone Coffeeology and perhaps even get in contact with you? Yeah, grindstonecoffeeology.com uh, is our website if you want to try out um, our product that comes out of young Clyde here or our future <laughs> roaster. Um, you can purchase our product online. If you're ever down this way, feel free to, to drop in and see us. Um, That's great. And we, we have a desire for people to encounter who we are and what we do, but you'll find us on Instagram. You'll find us on Facebook. You'll find us at our website. And uh, yeah, we just enjoy meeting new people. That's great. Brendan, it's been a real honor to have you on the podcast today. I think what you're doing is really great. I just want to encourage you to keep up the amazing work. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Jim. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia, the podcast, is brought to you by The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media. As we continue on our journey to help share positive, encouraging stories of companies and people doing amazing things all across the Mountain State in business, just like my new friend Brendan Fenn of Grindstone Coffeeology, our hope is that we, in some way, equipped you, inspired you, and maybe even encouraged you with his business story. If you or someone you know would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website at PositivelyWV.com. And we, of course, we appreciate your comments, your positive reviews on iTunes and, and uh, Facebook and all that. And really, we just appreciate your encouragement as well. Positively West Virginia is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can learn more about our mission of inspiring and encouraging small business owners, entrepreneurs, nonprofits, and business leaders in West Virginia at PositivelyWV.com. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, including our producer today, Mr. Hampton Hill, until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia. 